As we continue to worship this morning, the Lord's laid on my heart a little more than a minute and a half, but a short sermon that I'd like to share with you, and that is entitled, Peace. So if you would turn with me to Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 through 20-something, 24 through 26, I think it is. I want to share that with you, and it'll be familiar to you as we read it. And I remember thinking some time back, even had read the Bible through and run across this, I'm sure, different times, but I really didn't know for sure it was Bible. I thought it was just people and ministers that would say it, and you've heard it on TV before. But in book of Numbers, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 20, let me read on through the chapter, through 27. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall be they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. May God add his blessings to the reading of those words. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for your word that we can look at, that we can listen to and apply it even to our lives, Lord, that would maybe help us as we strive to live what you would have us do to show others what a joy it is to know you, to tell someone else about Jesus before it's too late, to be able to be a mirror of your love in a lost world. Guide us now, Lord, as we listen to these words speak to our hearts. In your precious name we pray, amen. May be seated. I had actually had a twofold meaning or topic, I guess you could call it, for the message today. One was peace, certainly, and then secondly, it was the blessings of God. And as I thought about that, that kind of goes together. The blessings of God will produce a peace in your life, and that is peace, people enjoying a Christly encounter, and that's what we need to have in our lives in order to be and receive God's best for us. And as I pondered this thought about uh, nearing the Easter season, I realized that It is a blessing of God to be a part of an Easter celebration, if you please, in order to to prompt us to realize that God's best happened on Calvary. The pain of our Savior Jesus Christ made it possible for us to celebrate a a risen Easter celebration that we can do each each day of the year. And uh, but I think about when I think about the blessings of God and the peace that it produces. I think about the song, Count Your Blessings, name them one by one, and you will be able to see what God has done in your life. But do we sometimes not ponder long enough or not stop long enough in order to feel the presence of God, in order to know that God wants to speak to us? As we think about peace and we think about the blessings of God, the Bible is our spiritual letter from the Lord the papers that have written the qualities of life that we can have, the inheritance that is ours if we become a child of God. And uh, you've heard the word said many times from if, if it has greater meaning than ever before to me as I just shared with you, uh, may the Lord bless and keep you. And, and I believe that is important. It, it's a verse that I want to share with you where it came from. Back about 1400 B.C., those words were written by Moses in the book of Numbers. They became lost in the quarters of time until just about 1970-some, 79, I think it was, 
when a lady by the name of Edith, uh, Edith something, Hadley, I think her name was, was doing some excavating in a cave near Jerusalem. And she came across a little tiny scroll-looking something about the size of a pencil racer and the metal on it. And she brought that out carefully, and it was studied, and it came to be these words that I just shared with you that was written 1,400 years before Jesus had come about. And you know, we had originally thought that the oldest manuscript that had been found was in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the scrolls that were found in a cave also that is preserved today in Jerusalem that, by the way, we were able to see. Uh, and, but anyway, this, this is a significant something, I think, that is, dates back many years earlier than Isaiah's writings, and it makes possible for us to put up, if you want to and need to, a val- validity, if it's the word, upon the fact that these things happened so many years ago. And what it was, Moses was asked by God as they traveled toward the promised land to put a blessing on the people. I want you to stand before them, and these words are the exact words, most generally, that God said, told Moses to say to the people, gather them together and say, as I shared with you, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And I believe that needs to be heard today because the blessings of God is so important in your life and mine. And, and I've said before, I do not believe that the God that we know and love today is not, it is not an automatic reflex of God to bless you just in spite of your unworthy need to have it. And though unworthiness is certainly a part of life, God will not always bless you if you're not in the situation or in the mode, mind mode of being able to receive that. And so as we think about this, uh, these texts that I shared with you in the book of Numbers, it is a blessing of God upon a people that he was leading. It needs to be a blessing upon a group of people as such as gathered here today as he leads us. And as Moses was leading the children of Israel toward the promised land, so are we guided by one much greater than Moses, even Jesus himself, that is leading us in a direction of the promised land that is heaven for you and I. So how appropriate it is for us to look at that. And Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Now it is significant to say spiritual blessings. Though God will sometimes bless you in a in some sort of monetary way, the blessings that God hinges his goodness on and his merits himself to put his blessings on you is the spiritual blessings. The spiritual aspect of your life is what God certainly looks at and the soul itself as he becomes very, very aware of our need to, to be blessed. Uh, and as a Christian, our gratitude ought to be the attitude of our lives. We are to be grateful for, to God for this that he has given us. And uh, so as we look at these verses, it seems like God's plan would unfold for the children of Israel just as they unfold for us as we, become clo- as we get closer and closer to the land of promise that he has put in motion long years ago. As I spoke earlier, the Count Your Blessings was written by a young lady who uh, was a very bitter woman. She was Charlotte Elliott. Charlotte Elliott was a person who had a disability that had so hardened her heart she was mad at the world. 
and she did not know how to treat anyone right and God's love had shoved her into the mode of feeling like, God, if you love me, why did you do this to me? And that lady was led by a good Christian person who let her know that what she needed to do was just come to God just as she was and not be able, not try to fix things in her life, but let God align her life for the goodness of God and for God's blessings to be upon her. And she'll come to realize that that's what she needed to do and she had been unable for years to be able to ready herself to come to God. She realized she needed to come to God and let him do the readying in her life. And she wrote the song, Just As I Am. And I think that's what we need to do. Come to God just as we are. And, and I, have you ever heard people, you witness to someone, they say, well, when I get my life straightened out, when I get things just the way I think they ought to be, I'm not worthy to go to church. I'm not worthy to ask God's forgiveness. I'm not worthy to be a part of the family of God. But when I get my life lined up, I'm going to, I'm going to go to God. Well, that person, excuse the expression, could step totally and positively into the pits of hell, believing that they had the power to get ready to meet God. And that's what Charlotte Elliott was trying to say. You do not need to try to do that. I couldn't and I tried. But I wanted to come and she did come to God just as she was. And from that day on until her death, she wrote over 5,000 songs. And that's a God thing. God is so ready and so wanting to do something in your life. But what does he need to do in your life? What do you suppose God's up to in your life? What do you suppose God has in mind for you in the next days to unfold? If you come to realize, and I'm sure you have lately as you read the papers and hear the news, people are stepping out into eternity every day. And someone has said, well, so-and-so was only sick a few days or a week or a few weeks. We never know when the last breath will be breathed. And so I believe time is of essence. And I believe that God wants his people to get in a hurry to tell someone else about the joy in knowing Jesus, about that enjoying the peace as an encounter with Christ that we can have if we are a child of God. We need to do just that. We need to come to God just as we are. Well, in just 14 days as we count time, Jesus will be crucified. You know, I always look, look forward to the Easter season. I really do. And, and though it's, a, it's a, a troubling time for me in, in some sense, it's a time to rejoice because I know on yon side of the crucifixion is salvation. And if it hadn't been for Christ and what he did on the cross, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't be proclaiming to you the love of God that I enjoy and that the peace that surpasses all understanding is all wrapped up in my heart, mind, and soul. And it compels me to share the love of God. And I, I just want you to feel that today. So give yourself to God and it'll be the right thing in the right way. As we look at the song again, don't try to fix life without him. But she read the verse as she shared in the story. I remember reading this too in John six thirty seven: He who comes to Christ, he will in no wise cast out. And that tells me that all have sinned, but all have choice. We can come to God just as we are and let him touch our lives in a very special way. The psalmist David must have an inkling and insight on this even way back years earlier when he said in 133, 
how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity uh, is like dew on Mount Hermon, the very mountain where Jesus took two or three of his disciples and was transfigurated. One of the things that I think that's needed, especially in the Christian community, is a transforming process that needs to take place in our lives. And I know you are a child of God. Most of you, hopefully all of you, have come to that age of accountability. But I know there's a possibility of walking through life without that peace and joy that is promised by God. And one of the things that hinges upon that is for us to do as Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. It is said that that might have been Mount Hermon where he spoke about the dew of the mountain, that that might well have been the very mountain or one of the mountain regions where Jesus went up on the mountain and was transfigurated. And what happened, and I just love the story, and I've shared it before many times, but I'm like Paul and every time telling what the Lord has done and what he wants to still do in your life. And uh, as Jesus was there on the mountain, he, uh, he had a need to get somehow in, in the closeness of his heavenly Father, and at that moment he began to pray. And the Bible says in that story, and it was not supposed to be told, but praise God, the news got out. Jesus told them not to tell anyone until it be fulfilled. Well, it's fulfilled, and now we know what happened to Jesus on the mountain. As he neared the cross just days before the crucifixion, as he knelt there before Peter and Andrew, Peter and James and John, I think it was, and all of a sudden, the, the Bible says that his clothes began to start glowing. Well, the disciples that were there fell and faint, and I guess I would have probably died. As, he seen, as they saw the clothes of Jesus begin to glow, as a, I'm sure as a brightness they had not ever seen, and a voice from heaven came and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus there that day probably stood up, took the hand of the disciples, and he began to share things with them that's not written. And you know, the Bible, if we read about the Bible, that if all things were written that were said, the, the libraries of the world couldn't contain uh, the things that God, even the miracles, we don't have but just a tiny touch of all that Jesus did and said and done uh, in his lifetime and in the time that would follow. But anyhow, uh, Peter said uh, they heard voices and probably Peter being the spokesman, he probably was the one that said, I hear the voice of Moses. Another one said, I think it's Elijah. And Jesus said, it is. How could it have been? Moses died 1,400 plus years before this event. What does that tell you about the afterlife of the promise of God, eternal life in heaven? It tells me that Moses and as you and I will be recognizable and alive when we get to heaven. They had already experienced the bosom of Abraham's setting. And, and I'm, I'm like you, I would pause and say, I don't have a clue what God has in mind and exactly what heaven's all about. But boy, I sure like to dream about it. I do like to ponder the fact that I know as Moses was, I will be recognizable and alive. I may have her probably have a little more fulfilled body than I have. I don't know if I'll be muscular or what, but I know I will be recognizable in heaven. And so the Bible says, praise the Lord. What's the song? Praise the Lord, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life uh, in glory. Uh, but as, as Jesus explained to them there, 
Uh, and Peter was saying, Listen, I tell you, Jesus, it would be so good for us to build maybe three little monuments, three little altars, three little uh, uh, memorials here. Let's build one for you, Jesus. Let's build one for Moses and Elijah. Let's build three here. But it wasn't to make a physical mark on the grounds that they stood on. It was to make a memento, uh, a, a mark on their hearts and minds that as they would descend from that mountain, they would realize that the closeness that God got through Jesus in heaven, they too was promised to have that very closeness. And I believe today that we need, you've heard people say, boy, I love that mountaintop experience. That's what we need. You know what happened to Jesus? The very same thing that needs to happen to you and I this very day and tomorrow and the next day. And that is to get close enough to our Heavenly Father that it shows. That's what happened to Jesus. He got close enough to his heavenly father the world could see. And I want to challenge you to ask God to put you in a position that he would reflect in your life, in someone else's life, that maybe doesn't know about the peace that you have, about a people who can enjoy a Christly encounter, about the blessings of God that is yours by totally submitting your will to the heavenly father. Paul says, be ye therefore transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may present that which is good and acceptable and the will of God. Are you there today? Are you ready for God to do that in your life? May God bless you as you make that commitment to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our heavenly father, Lord, we thank you today for your blessings upon us. Unmerited, Lord, we know, but because of your love, we do have that. And we just ask you, Lord, that you would rekindle our peace in our lives today, that we might have a joy that be seen, a joy that not hidden down deep, but will surface and show someone else a joy in knowing Jesus. And Lord, as this is your invitation time, we just ask you, Lord, that maybe if we need to make a decision, maybe if we need to move a little closer, maybe... Maybe, Lord, there's someone here that's not a Christian. Maybe, maybe, Lord, today is the day of salvation. But nonetheless, Lord, it is your time to invite us to come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find help this Sunday morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen.